Hey guys, uh, welcome back to episode five of the Big Mac Podcast. We got Daniel McCray, uh, and me, Matt Macram. We've got uh, Shannon over on the keys, and uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about immigration. Um, there's a lot of things to talk about immigration. We got a couple of things that you know we think it might be interesting for people to people to understand. Uh, Daniel, what do you have to say about that? What are we, what are we going to be talking about yeah. today? So today we're going to be talking about immigration. This will be part one of a two-part series. Uh, today we're actually going to talk about uh, some entities on both sides of the border that actually may be propagating a situation that can be harmful uh, for the immigrant populace. Um, first and foremost, let me say that I am pro-immigration. Uh, man, I've met a lot of immigrants over the years, man. Um, a lot of them, man, they're, they're hardworking you know, and uh, they're just good people. And, you know, me as a person, I really love to see people do well. I've told people that and uh, over the years, man, and it's true for me, you know, subjectively, I love to see people achieve stuff through hard work, you know, and when you got somebody that actually comes from another country and actually starts a business and actually creates jobs here in America for other people here, I mean, that's, that's amazing to me, you know, that uh, the amount of courage that they actually have is, uh, to me, uh, like I said, it's just amazing, man, to actually go to another country, not, you know, really have anything, but work your way up through the system, you know. That's, it, a, that's the thing with business right. owners that are immigrants, they typically right. don't, they literally come to the United States with nothing. Right. You know. um, but, so, what are we going to be talking about exactly today? Okay. So, so, uh, so today, one. yeah. So today, we're actually going to get in uh, to two people that you haven't really heard of before, and uh, it's Cloward and Piven. It's a and, and why they're gonna why why it's right. important that people know these people is we have examples of why this right. is gonna apply. Well, to I'll your tell life. you what. Let's let's just go ahead and let's let's just get into this this first article that we're actually going to uh, talk about. This will be um, the border brawl. Kobach and Trump. and Trump versus Cloud and Piven. So let's go ahead, Ms. Shannon, and go ahead and start reading this article, if you will. Sure. Okay, so this is from April 29th of 2019. It says, uh, it appears that the conclusion of the Russia hoax has emboldened President Trump to fulfill his campaign promise to repair the broken immigration system. The president dismissed Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen on April 7th two weeks after special counsel Robert Mueller submitted his election interference report to Attorney General William Barr. On April 1, it was also reported that Trump was considering appointing an immigration czar who could work full-time on solving the border crisis, which Trump had already declared to be a national emergency. Okay, so right here, so let's skip down uh, to the, the eighth paragraph, and we have somebody, um, Kobach, Amy Kobach, I do believe that's the name, and uh, so go ahead and start reading there and let us let us know the meat of this. Sure. So Kobach, the former secretary of state for Kansas, is reportedly in the running to be the new secretary of Homeland Security or more likely the first ever immigration czar. According to Trump critic Ann Coulter, Kobach is the only person in America who can solve the immigration crisis. Much as I dislike Coulter's screechy persona, she may be right. In an April 12 appearance on Lou Dobbs Tonight on Fox Business, Kobach made a compelling argument that the Department of Homeland Security has been operating more like a branch of the deep state swamp 
than as the agency tasked with protecting our borders. So, so just real quick, uh, oh, actually, sorry, go ahead and read the next paragraph. In particular, Kobach told Dobbs that a carryover policy from the Obama administration could be working as a magnet to attract migrants who want to take advantage of generous U.S. welfare okay. policies. So the policy that they're actually talking about right here is they actually take away the, the work uh, status you actually have to be working. You know, I, think, I think. Well, I think. I think they they actually talk about it in the next yeah, paragraph. Okay, so go ahead. So go ahead, Quote, The crisis is not getting better. It's getting worse right now, and it appears that what's happening is there's an old Obama administration policy that is causing all kinds of problems. The policy is giving what's called immigration parole to people who come into the United States illegally before releasing them, and what that means is once you give them this special status, an immigration parole then they're eligible for a whole permit and they're eligible for welfare benefits earlier than they would be otherwise. So so basically the immigration parole, we call it parole because parole is basically a time period in which you're waiting. Um, so like if you're in if you're parole for a crime that you committed, you're you're waiting till till you know a set time and then at that set time you will be released. Okay? So mm -hmm. That's so cool. this is so for the immigration thing. Basically, these people are coming across the border, then they request asylum, and then they are able to wait in the United States um, for. So yeah, that that was what surprised right. me. Something that I didn't know. Um, but they also are given they're given welfare benefits mm -hmm. during that time. Right. Like it's not so much that they have to wait here. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. They're giving welfare benefits because they're oh okay well you know where so so yeah, uh, so yeah. i'll wrap this up yeah. here um this is kind of important so as kobach told dobbs now we're seeing the consequences which is which is where we're getting this huge magnet and the world is getting out we're hearing reports from the migrants themselves that they're coming in expecting to get welfare benefits food cards as we f refer to them and they're expecting to get employment authorization with parole, these illegal immigrants would be able to qualify for welfare benefits within a year. Without parole, they couldn't get work permits or welfare benefits until they got asylum, a process that could take years, especially with the current crush of illegal border crossers. The date they are being given for their asylum hearings, it's not one year, it's not six months, it's five to six years down the road. So we're turning them loose saying, come back in six years, Kobach said. That's not how we should be doing this. We should be having these people um, getting hearings while they're still there and proce process their asylum claim right there at the border. So I just want to jump in real quick. Um, so if you look at, you know, the the left statistics, they're like, well, look, everyone shows back up at their at their meetings or whatever. The the thing is, is they the statistics is true um, that the people who are filing for asylum, they do. It's a 90 percent rate that they show up for the first hearing mm -hmm. but if they are declined they're not deported right they told they're told that hey you have this amount of time to leave mm -hmm. then they just go off the radar okay but up until then for that's five five six years that they live in the united states they're getting they're getting united states citizens benefits united states citizen benefits i don't know uh what the cost uh the cost analysis is for one person on welfare, but typically they come across the border, they have multiple children also. It's not just usually a single person that's coming across the border. They usually come here and they have kids, and then also they have kids in the United States, and then they for sure don't get deported, right? So um, 
Daniel, uh, what do you have to say about that? Well, the thing the thing about it is, I, I think they were they were onto something here. We should be having people getting these hearings, um, and this is while, they, while they're still there, you know, because here here's the deal when it when it comes to uh, the federal benefits and everything like that. I understand we should have a, uh, a social net, but uh, we have problems with millions of homeless here in the United States already. So we need to be focusing uh, those monies um, on Americans themselves. But I want to get down into uh, about Piven and Clower here. Go ahead and read on down. Read on down. Okay, so um, the fact that the ACLU and other immigration rights groups are pushing back against Kobach and Barr gives away the game. These left-wing advocates for unlimited immigration are following a decades-old game plan to overwhelm the federal government's welfare system and thus force a reinvention of America as a socialist society. Think Green New Deal. Uh, the plan is best represented by a 1966 article in the National Ma Nation magazine titled The Weight of the Poor, A Strategy to End Poverty. Written by the husband and wife team of Francis Fox Piven and Richard Cloward, the article proposed a method to force income redistribution in the United States by means of creating a political crisis that would leave the government with no alternative other than surrendering to economic blackmail. So... Um, essentially, Cloward and Piven said that American society's urge to take care of its most vulnerable members could be used by an organized welfare class to leverage a, quote, guaranteed annual income and thus an end to poverty. Um, the method of this revolution or transformation would be through bringing more and more people onto the roles of the welfare state, thus redistributing wealth from the rich to the poor, and eventually collapsing the system so that something, quote, better could take its place. Because to support the more people on there, you have to continually raise taxes. That's the only way that they could pay for it. Well, it actually talks about here. Yeah. 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 Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and um, actually Daniel and I were talking before the show started. Uh, we'll get into it about um, the lowering of birth rates in the United States. So hmm. that combined with all this is just going to further burden yeah. the system and collapse it faster and faster so, so, so to give to finish it off it says the more people who are getting financial assistance from the government the more power those people would yeah. have as a group in order to force even larger benefits that's you know if you have the largest voting base you know then you of course well, you have here, here more power on the opposite end of that spectrum you know the birth rate for 2020 we actually talked about this earlier was 1.63 it needs to be 2.1 to actually continue uh, civic society um the year before it was like 1.8 so i mean technically you know we need people to actually be coming here and uh, having children so we actually need uh, these immigrants but what it's actually playing out here is when you're uh, having to work though they didn't right. like and, actually and, you know, work yeah and most of these and people pay taxes. yeah yeah and and most of these people that's why you know this article is, is so integral to to uh, this deal because it actually wants to go ahead and give them asylum now so they can actually start working and actually take care of themselves i mean they, they go ahead go ahead they so i was just going to say so but this program gives them automatic welfare it doesn't say hey come right. work here yeah. it doesn't yes. say come work you can stay here while you wait and get work it says, hey, 
you can get welfare while you're here. So that automatically enrolls people into yeah, the welfare it's, it's system. A super it's a ridiculous. Deal. It's yeah. like who, who right. wouldn't want to come from yeah. oh, you know, yeah. an impoverished country? I want to do that. Can I, can, I, can I come back in? Right. right. <laughs> can I just leave and then come back? Right. No. Yeah. And, you know, here's the thing. Go, go ahead and read on down because okay. it talks about the caravans. This is, this is, this is important. Sure. Almost all uh, social policy innovations since the 1960s have been incremental steps in the Cloward-Piven plan to bankrupt America by creating, quote, entitlements that a fair and just tax system could never support. Eventually, when the government could no longer meet its payments, the poor would rise up and demand change, whether through violence or the vote, in what Cloward and Piven described as, quote, a profound financial and political crisis, unquote. It is easy to see how the organized influx of illegal immigrants through caravans is an overt attempt to overwhelm the U.S. safety net and force massive changes in social policy, including the long-desired, quote, universal basic okay, income. Okay, so stop right here. Yeah. So that, that, that I want people to realize, you know, that, that Andrew Yang in this last uh, election was actually pushing this. So, I mean, you've got this people. Is a presidential candidate. Right. He's the, he, I don't know what his nationality is, but. He's a he's a he's he's a moderate socialist. Yeah, so right, he's a yeah, and so he's pushing this. So, so these, these ideas, uh, yeah, these ideas <laughs> are you know they were actually pushed pushed forward you know what six decades ago somewhere in there five five six decades ago. So these things are not new. You know, people have actually been planning this out for uh, for a while. The so, universal basic income. Yeah, yeah. That's so kind of what they've been doing with COVID. Yeah, and it's one facet of Cloward and Piven. So, yeah, go ahead and keep on reading. Sure. It's also easy to see that President Trump is gearing up for a full-scale counterattack that would likely be the centerpiece of his re-election effort. In addition to the policy change announced by Barr, Trump last week ordered a crackdown on visa overstays, which traditionally have accounted for even more illegal immigrants than the border crossers. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. The week before, his administration signaled that new rules are coming soon to ensure that federal housing assistance goes only to citizens and legal residents. At a time when homelessness is surging to crisis levels in many U.S. cities, this will help to steer limited resources to those who need them most, low-income Americans. Does that sound reasonable to you guys? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. reasonable because considering we're the ones paying the taxes, you would, should go back to the <laughs> to the yeah. citizens. Um, well, but the problem, yeah, when we have millions of people in the street, yeah, why do yeah. we have um, right. government um, representatives? Right. Why do we have them? I don't know. What well, do we have see, them for? Stepping <laughs> over homeless Americans. Yeah, the too. one thing, the one reason that I actually wanted to pull up this article, guys, is for the simple fact of the reason it, it's actually before the last election. Now, last year in in the month of, month of March, I believe we had like thirty thousand people. Um, come over, and this year we had like 172,000. Every month is what you're saying? Well, no, no, not every month. I'm just showing you, you the difference in I'm policies. Sure. The difference I'm in sure policies between the left and the, and the right on these things. Right. I okay. th well, I think I, it was uh, like 100. It's I like 100 something thousand every month. Thousand, yeah. And which you know what? That sounds like a lot of people, but I guess like in the grand scheme of things, it's not it's not something that we can't take or that we can't fix yet because we have 330 million people and people are like, well, if that happens every month, then you know keep adding up. But the thing is, is a lot of people die. Americans aren't repopulating, so yeah. Overall, it doesn't seem to add. It doesn't it, right now. It doesn't seem like it's making an overwhelming right. difference. But if how many people? I always say this. <clears throat> how many people on welfare 
I mean, well, how many people working, paying taxes, does it take to pay for one person on welfare? Uh, I'm actually, I think I read a stat on that. At the beginning, when the system was started, they, they planned on like three to one. Well, people didn't well, live that long, well, first of all. Right, but they all wanted to work, now, too. Now it's almost eight to one. Well, from, from that's somewhere. how many people it takes. Yeah. I feel like it takes more than that. You, those people have to be making good salaries. But we are at a crisis crisis point where, I mean, I think we reached one to one, like one working, one paying. Person oh, you're talking about ratio for working to non-working. I'm talking about how many people making a hundred thousand right. dollars a year okay. does it take to pay for the bills mm -hmm. of one person yeah. not working? That's got to be at least. 30, 40 people mm -hmm. because, you know, if we're each paying, if we're each paying whatever percentage mm -hmm. around 20%, 25% of your income mm -hmm. to whatever government funds. Well, it's totally unsustainable, yeah. but, you know, it, yeah. it appears that it's. And, right. You know what's crazy, too? I don't, I mean, those people, a lot of those people, too, they're getting the welfare benefits and then they're also working under the table. Right. You yeah. know, so they're gaming the system. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, let's actually go on to to the next uh, the next slide that we're actually going to show here. Sure. So, uh, this is uh, an article from the Independent Sentinel. It actually goes into uh, Cloud or Pivot a little bit more in detail. Go ahead, Shannon. Yeah. So this was pretty interesting to read earlier. Um, there's a movement in this country that is engulfing all pillars of society and destroying it. One tenet running through was developed by professors Cloward and Piven two communists in the U.S. who hate our country. In 1966, when Columbia University sociologists Richard Andrew Cloward and Francis Fox Piven revealed the Cloward-Piven strategy, which seeks to hasten the fall of capitalism by overloading the government bureaucracy with a flood of impossible demands, thus pushing society into crisis and economic collapse. They publicized it in an article. The Cloward-Piven strategy depended on surprise but eventually there was backlash and in 1996 president clinton signed the 1996 mm -hmm. personal responsibility and work opportunity reconciliation act which was the end of welfare as we know it at least it was for a time until almost all of it was reversed by barack obama beginning with the overhauls outlined in the stimulus it's growing exponentially under joe biden so so it says in 1996, the bill imposed limits on federal wel welfare and stricter eligibility and work right. work requirements. So again, Obama re he he removed all those he requirements. Did. All the work requirements, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you don't have to work to get those requirements. Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's 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 go on and read down. Uh, you got Rudy Giuliani in here. This could be another reason why they're after him. <clears throat> so you want me to read a little bit, Shannon? Yeah. Or are you tired of reading? Um. <laughs> I'll read this next one. Uh, it wasn't an accident. In the late 1990s, New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani exposed them and others, citing Cloward Piven's 1966 manifesto and his efforts to drive much-needed welfare reforms as the city grappled with extra extraordinary debt. He accused them of economic sabotage. That wasn't an accident, Giuliani charged in 1997 speech. It wasn't an atmospheric thing. It wasn't supernatural. It was the result of policies and programs designed to have the maximum number of people get on welfare. After the backlash from the 19, or 1966 article, Cloward and Piven were never as open or candid again. Imagine that. Uh, their activism over the in ensuing years, however, appeared to rely on the tactic of overloading the system. They didn't simply rely on welfare. 
wherever they detected weakness in the bureaucratic system, they applied pressure. Uh, Cloward uh, and Piven strategists founded the voting rights movement in 1982, allegedly to complete the work of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It was led by followers of George Wiley's Welfare Rights Crusade. Project Vote arose from it. It is an ACORN group. Another group servicing the voter effort was Human Serve, founded by Richard Cloward, now deceased, and Francis Piven, or Francis Fox Piven, who is very much alive. Yeah, so hold on one second, brother. So this, uh, the ACORN group, I just want you guys to know that it was actually shut down. Uh, Project Veritas was actually involved in that, remember, Shannon? Yeah, they did an expose. What is, so tell people what the ACORN group is. Go ahead. So... From what it's I understand, it was it was a um, just an organizing group. Yeah. Okay. They were just organizing group. Yeah, but they were actually uh, supposedly taking advantage of low uh, income people yeah. getting loans, like home ownership loans and that kind of All thing. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. They were exposed by Project Veritas mm -hmm. and shut down. Right. Um, right. So, all right, brother, go ahead and continue. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Um, so all three pushed for the motor voter law. Was, which was signed in 1993. It is responsible for overloading the voter rolls with deadwood and laying the path to voter fraud. They are o overloading the rolls. Uh, so, real quick, the voter or the motor voter law signed by Bill Clinton in 1993 that basically causes people to be um, added to the voter roll. They're added to the to the legal voter roll. Um, or they're they're applied for a voter ID um, whenever they apply for a driver's license. So yeah. if we go back to the welfare issue, whenever someone is given the asylum or they're in their asylum parole, um, they're allowed to get a driver's license. In okay? some states, in yes. some states, mm -hmm. uh, in most states, I would, I would imagine. I think there's seventeen, I believe. Seventeen. Okay, so. I mean that's right. That's ripe for all kinds. Yeah. Of so problems. even if even so, I'm assuming that whenever I'm assuming this, whenever you apply for just a permit, even without a driver's license, those people still have a they still or they still have a voter or they still have an ID, a state issued ID. You go to the DMV, you can still get a state issued ID without a driver's license. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming on that same form, it probably still has the same opt out. So whenever people are going to apply for their driver's license, they have to check the box that says I'm an right. I am not a legal citizen. If they don't check that box, then it automatically applies them for uh, a voter, voter, uh, a voter ID, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's no national registry for legal voters. People don't realize that there's no national registry for voters. So whenever these states have all these voters who are dead or have moved, there's no national registry yeah. for it. So it's impossible to keep track yeah, of. Yeah, it's they're supposed to be able to, to be moved, removed um, when they're deceased, supposedly. But you if know, the state reports it, right? You know, then that's the thing. You know, um, it actually, it doesn't. Uh, that this law also actually, once you're on there, the only way you can be taken off is if you actually take yourself off, or you're deceased, or, yeah, and the state the reports, state reports it, it yeah. or if you move to another state, but you still have and to you report. Have to yeah, 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 you, yeah, 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 you have to report. Well, we, you saw, we saw, you know, over fifty thousand people in Georgia uh, voted in Georgia that didn't act. They voted in somewhere else. They voted somewhere else. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. No, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. There are examples of yeah. that all over anyway, the country. Anyway, that's not, I mean, that doesn't, we're not saying that changed the outcome of the election, but what we're saying is that stuff happens because the states aren't cooperating with each other because each state's allowed to run its own election system. We don't need HR1 for the federal government to come in and tell us 
like how to I, run our state's election. The system's already set up, the, bro. Well, yeah, the system, yeah. In, you know, the individual states, there's so many corrupt states, but you know what? I'd rather have them corrupt on their own than, you know, screw the whole system. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. um, so uh, where are we at now? So go ahead. Um, now the living wage, universal basic, basic income. Okay, so the living, wa- the living wage is an outgrowth of the open society. Uh, in their shadow party, it seeks to overload the capitalist system and equalize all outcomes regardless of effort or success, which is what we're talking about. Uh, they want capitalism replaced with a completely nationalized system. Cloward and Piven, in papers published in 1971 and 1977, argued that the mass unrest in the United States, especially between 1964 and 1969, did lead to a massive expansion of welfare roles. Though not the guaranteed income program that they had hoped for, they believed it would end poverty. It would also end freedom and achievement as we know it, because as we all know that if there's no incentive to do well, then you just don't do well. Right. Um, breaking the law without pushback. Former President Obama and Biden are merely breaking the law to make it all happen, and there's no pushback. Endless streams of anonymous people, which include terrorists, criminals, the poor, and unge- uneducated, and will destroy us all. So they're talking about the, the people who are just pouring across the border. Um, President Obama honored the United, S- United Farm Workers leader, Dolores Huerta, mm-hmm. with uh, the Presidential Media of Freedom at the White House in May 2012. Huerta is a Marxist-Leninist. She would have been awarded the Hugo Chavez. <laughs> she yeah. should have been right. awarded the Hugo so, Chavez. So yeah. hold on one second, though, man. Back up to the paragraph before that. No, no, no. no you're good. Just a paragraph before that. Uh, anonymous people, which include terrorists. Guys, we're picking up people at the border that are from Afghanistan. In Iran. Yeah, and Yemen. Yeah. You know, what do they do? I mean, I understand that everyone in the world wants to get freedom, but it's not. These people are like people who are actually known. There's there's several of them who are known members of Al Qaeda, right? So I mean, you know, you've got a porous border where you know we're picking up people that we're they're from countries that we're at war with, you know. So nine times out of ten, when they're coming here, you know, there's not for good reasons. <laughs> right. yeah. and, well, I mean, all this is talking about is we're incentivizing it. Right. That's scary in your own country. Well, yeah, that you know that these terrorists can come here and get welfare. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And sure. then, you know, that's what I'm saying is that it's it's completely ridiculous. So people that don't know what Trump did is he reversed this, right? This yeah. is an Obama policy that is they're they're now instituting again. They're reinstituting it, right? So what had what Trump had done to solve this problem is he he made the First Nation clause, right? Mm-hmm. So the First Nation clause is whenever you are coming to the United States border. For asylum. For asylum. The first country you come to outside of your country is the country that you wait in. Yeah, you actually and apply. You, you apply there for asylum. Yeah, first. so that you stay in that country or whatever other country while you're waiting for that five or six-year period, and you work or you do whatever you have to, right. but you're not in the country that you're fleeing from. So right. if you're scared of you're scared of the second country, then your first claim has no basis yeah. in reality. We can yeah. all see through it. We can all yeah. see yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah. but so so Biden has yeah. done away with that, right? Yeah. So that's why you have these huge caravans of people because they're like, hey, we can actually just come back and, you know, 
yeah, yeah. in the United States. Well, on the opposite end of the spectrum, man, you know, I can understand why people are actually running from these third world countries, man, due to well, gangs sure. and stuff like that. I mean, I totally understand that. But another thing that's that, law, that, I, well, that I thought thought was quite awkward is like, you know, I watch these caravans and when they're arriving here, they got signs that says Biden let us in and Biden 2020 <laughs> for president. You know, so I'm like, who's organizing all this? You know, and, you know, there's a bunch of people that have their shirts. So somebody's actually going out. Uh, yeah, know, and giving yeah them, we could so. talk about George Soros and, you know, yeah. whatever. Because, again, it's not just that they want to come to the United Like, if they, these people are being let, they're being paid and they're being, you know, incentivized to come. Okay, so it's not just Man. that they want to come to the United States, right? It's not just that. These people are coming across the border. Someone is funding. Like, if you have a caravan of thousands of people, how are these people eating? No. Someone is supporting these caravans, right? And the whole reason, again, if we go back to what we started with, it's not just to let these people have a better life. It's to bring down the system because the more people that you put on welfare, the more the more votes they're going to get illegally, and also the more people on welfare that we have to we have to support. And at some point, there can only be so many people on welfare that we can support without without taxing us out. Yeah, yes. exactly. So it's again the ca yeah. the caravans aren't the these mass. We, yeah, you know, and it's 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 crazy. So yeah, man, you know, so this system, you know, we're just trying to show you guys that it was actually set up a long time ago. All these ideas were actually set up a long time ago. So let's actually go on uh, to the next one. So continue. Uh, you go to the cloud and pivot the one right before that. I just want to yeah. show you guys um, that so when he was signing, when when Clinton was actually signing the bill. They were standing right behind him. So that's the female. Um, that's is that Cloward? That's Piven. Piven, okay. Piven. And then the the guy, right. yeah, that's uh, that's Piven. So they're yeah. behind him while he's signing the motor voter law. That's again, that's the law that yeah. that automatically enrolls people as a registered United States voter unless they check the opt out box, which. You know, if you're yeah. not a, if you don't, it, so, you're not an English first language. You might not even check that box. Right. And, and to actually go into the Motor Voter Act just a little bit more in detail. Go ahead and go on uh, to that one right there. So, <laughs> so go ahead and read that. Sure. Uh, let's see. So the National Voter Registration Act of 1993, also known as the Motor Voter Act, is a United States federal law signed into law by President Bill Clinton on May 20th, 1993 that came into effect on January 1, 1995. The law was enacted under the Elections Clause of the United States Constitution and advances voter rights in the United States by requiring state governments to offer simplified voter registration processes for any eligible person who applies for or renews a driver's license or applies for public assistance, and requiring the United States Postal Service to mail election materials of a state as if the state is a nonprofit. The law requires states to register applicants that use a federal voter registration form and prohibits states from removing registered voters from the voter rolls unless certain criteria are met. Yeah, yeah it yeah. Prohib prohibits the states it's, from removing. It's, it's funny. I was, I was talking about this situation today uh, to a gentleman, and he actually so he's like, yeah, he's, man. he's like, yeah, I went to the DMV, and he's like, yeah, do you, they asked me if I wanted to get on the voter rolls, you know, or whatever, yeah. and I was like, yeah. Well, he's an American citizen, probably. So he's like, oh, that's yeah, nice. But, that's nice but the fact, yeah, well, the fact is he's like, well, I didn't know, you know, who actually started that or, you know. You said that? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, imagine being, a, imagine being an uh, illegal immigrant and you're just going there to get a, an ID and they're like, hey, I can be a voter? Yeah, well, I mean, that's 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 the thing, you know. There was, um, uh, there was an article 
um, that uh, did we? Can you pull that one up? The glitches? Yeah, pull one up in the glitches there. You know, and, and this is this is just uh, this this has actually started it's statewide. So, so the, the yeah, title is uh, hang on, the title is glitches in California embolden automatic voter registration foes. Yeah. Glitches. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. Wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, People line up at the California Department of Motor Vehicles in Los Angeles. Three Republican voters are suing state officials over its automatic voter registration system, which they say allowed non-citizens to register. California's rollout of automatic voter registration didn't go as planned. It seemed like a good idea. Cut the bureaucracy by adding voters automatically and welcome more residents to political part participation sounds good yeah uh, so, uh since april 2018 when california residents go to the department of motor vehicles to register a car or get a license they are added to the state voter rolls unless they opt out but dmv officials later found more than 100,000 registration errors in the first year including some voters registered to the wrong party uh and at least one non-citizen State officials still are investigating how many in total was accidentally signed up. A significant error since non-citizens aren't out, allowed to vote. Yeah, so, exactly. But the problem is, is they're allowing people to register. It's just rife for, um, you know, you know this kind of. It's like, oh, sorry, forgot to check this box. Now I'm a voter. Yeah. Across the country, proponents of automatic voter registration often laud its ability to dramatically increase a state's voter rolls bringing more people into the political process. Since Oregon became the first state to pass automatic voter registration in 2015, 17 other states and the District of Columbia have followed with their own version of the policy, according to the National Conference of State so Legislatures. 2015, so I guess some of those states had already been getting run into the ground before that, so <laughs> I guess it, I just put them over the edge if you look at Portland or... <laughs> Seattle. Anyway, go ahead, Tara. Among many states and different models, automatic voter registration has been shown to increase voter rolls from an increase of nearly 10% in the District of Columbia to as much as 94% in Georgia, according to an April report. So that double the, in Georgia. Uh -huh, from the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University Law School. So for people who don't know, our founding fathers did not want, they didn't think that everyone should vote. They thought that the people who cared enough and knew enough to vote should be the ones who vote. And we'll go into that another time uh, going through the Federalist Papers, but they they didn't think that we should be a, a mob rule society. Well, if, if that's why they have the Electoral College. They thought yeah. that people should be allowed to vote, they but, they, but they didn't want the popular vote. Yeah, and, uh, and, they, and if people... Because then it would be a mobocracy. Yeah, and if people who are not educated enough about the... If you're not educated enough and care enough to go register to vote, to take the time, the 30 minutes, whatever, to go to register to vote, then you don't, you shouldn't be yeah. involved in the process because you're not, you don't know what you're talking well, about. Well, you know, you got low information voters, and it's just like, uh, you apparently, know. you know, in Georgia, I hate to trash Georgia, but it just said that you know, 94, they doubled their voter rolls, doubled their voter rolls. Mm -hmm. Clearly, those people didn't care enough to vote because they would have anyway. Sorry, go and and you know, people are gonna say. Well, that's racist. Those people, those people were going to get driver's licenses, so it's not like they couldn't figure out how to get driver's license or state ID. So that's that totally debunks that, <laughs> right? They were right. they were going to get driver's license and then they they got registered to vote right. at the same time. So anyway, okay. 
So, but at a time when momentum around automatic voter registration is building, the latest struggles in California have emboldened critics who have long held that the system could allow non-citizens to vote, even as officials and experts point out that's happened only a handful of times. Republican State Senator John Morlock said he is not sure whether California's registration mistakes could have changed the results of any election, but the past year has proved the state needs to make several improvements to its registration system, quote, so we don't make a mockery of the process. He voted against enacting automatic voter registration in 2015. Quote, it seems to me if you're voting and not a U.S. citizen, that's a serious crime, Morlock said. The irony is we're making such a big deal in Russia's supposed involvement in the 2016 election, and here we have actual abuse in voting and political voter fraud and mismanagement of voter registration. And we're not saying this affected any outcome of any election. We're just saying that there are irregularities. And what we're explaining is something that adds to that that doesn't take, a, does, doesn't take a, a friggin' rocket scientist to figure out. So, so earlier this month, three Republic, Republican California voters, two of whom are naturalized citizens, sued Democrat Ser, uh, Secretary of State Alex Padilla and DMV Director Steve Gordon over the errors, accusing them of, quote, a pattern and practice of doing nothing to verify that a potential voter is a U.S. citizen thus causing non-citizens to be placed on the voter rolls. Uh, the law firm representing the plaintiffs is run by the former vice chairwoman of the California Republican Party, Harmeet Dillon. The lawsuit calls on state officials to develop a better system to prevent future citizen-related errors. Mark Muser, an attorney for the plaintiffs, said state agencies struggle to maintain databases and share information to keep voter rolls accurate. Quote, there's a much bigger problem than non-citizens voting, said Muser, who lost a 2018 Republican bid for California Secretary of State. I'm much more concerned about the integrity of our system and people thinking their vote is diluted. That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, Muser said he thinks Californians are worried about a program that made 105,000 voter registration errors and allowed an unknown number of non-citizens to be added to the voter rolls. At least 1,500 people who are eligible to vote... Ineligible. Ineligible, thank you, mm -hmm. uh, were registered in the months following the April 2018 rollout, election officials said, six of whom voted in the midterm elections according to the state review. So these people are knowingly... No, these people are committing crime. They know that they're not supposed to vote, but still, they got they got registered to vote, so they're like, hey, what the heck? Well, I mean that's 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 the thing, you know. That the, you know how DMV are DMVs are, man. They're usually yeah. busy. Yeah. You know, so I mean, you know, these. Well, I mean, they're just it's a checkbox that you have to check to opt well, out. That's well, what I'm and you don't know, you know, if they're doing it on their own volition, if they're being right. That's what uh, I'm saying. Coerced. Coerced. Yeah. yeah. Given money. I mean. I mean, honestly, they might not even be able to read it though, and they're yeah, just that's like, the they thing. They're just checking boxes. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. If so they don't check that one, then they're gonna get, they're gonna get registered, and again, there's no national registry for. Yeah. For illegal voters. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. The California DMV would not comment to state line about any aspect of automatic voter registration because of pending litigation. Padilla's office did not respond to a request for comment. In response to the lawsuit, Padilla told the Sacramento Bee at the time, quote, the plaintiffs claim they are protecting voters, but this is nothing more than an underhanded attempt to bring their voter suppression playbook to California. Sure. <laughs> 
Sure. Uh, DMV officials have said they added safeguards and other protections to their processes to prevent future errors. So, yeah, I mean, I would add that just his argument, it's just so low. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're literally, there's nothing extreme about uh, wanting U.S. citizens to vote and, and right. influence well, U.S. elections for it to go the way U.S. citizens you know, well, I mean, if you, you to go. if you just look at California the, the way they the vote, people. like people don't understand that you don't even have to have any ID to vote in California mm -hmm. for a federal election. You literally just go to the thing and you say, hey, I'm Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, oh, well, you don't look like Joe Rogan, but OK. <laughs> and then, you know, they they take you down and then you get to go vote. Yeah. So if you if Joe Rogan showed up later, he'd be like, hey, man. Uh, I didn't vote yet. Can I vote? And they're like, Go oh, on. no, Joe Rogan already voted. Yeah. That's exactly how it works in California. People think that's crazy. It's exactly how it works. If you come there, you just tell them your name and address. Yeah. And you get to vote. Yeah. I I actually, um, back in the 2016 election, when I went and voted, I actually had my voter, voter ID card and my ID out. And when I went to the poll, uh, not in this town, in, a, in another one, uh, that's a little west of here. They said, I don't need to see that. I don't want to mm. see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Yeah, yeah I don't, don't want to see that. Yeah. So I was, like, that I was like, that's, that's kind of awkward. But I also read an article uh, regarding all of this where people had been coerced, and they actually got deported. And, you know, in their defense, they were saying that, that the people there were telling them to go ahead and check it. You know, go ahead and check the boxes, you know, so you can go ahead and get and uh, well, no, they, have to, to they, have to, they have to check the box to be opted out. So they just, right. if they leave it unchecked, right. then they're registered to vote. I was talking about being yeah. a citizen, though. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so if they just leave it blank, right. then they will be registered right. to be a, to to vote. Yeah. So yeah, um, you know that that's totally crazy. You know, this is the only country that doesn't have voter ID. The only westernized country that doesn't have voter ID yeah. requirements. Every other westernized country, even China. Even to vote in China for their BS, whatever voting s system they do, they have to have a state-issued ID to say, okay, yeah, you have the right to vote. The United States, it's so crazy that the left is like, well, they're here, they're paying taxes, they get to vote. You're not a citizen. Right. You don't get to vote just because you're here. Well, I mean, are there other countries that allow people just to come in no. and vote? I mean, that's I don't the thing. Think there are so. very strict laws um, in other countries. Why are we... Well, actually, we have laws here. It's just the prosecutorial... Well, each state, each state, you know, gets to choose their yeah. own. But, you know, if, if, the, if the Democrats have their way, then H.R. 1 is going to allow 16-year-olds to vote, and then everyone who applies for a driver's license in the United States would then be registered to vote. And yeah. they would be registered immediately upon being a 16-year-old, and also it would be ma mass mail-in ballots. They're wanting to do mass mail-in ballots. So mm -hmm. basically a free-for-all for anybody who's anybody. Yeah. Um, on top of these already, mo the Motor Voter Act. So, um, yeah, we're seeing, like, this uh, clear degradation of the process. It's right. frightening. Yeah. You know, it, you know people are just... <laughs> People are unaware of this, I'm assuming, because, uh, you know, until we started digging, or at least me, I did not know that this stuff existed. But the problem is, is whenever you have those people, again, canceling out legal citizens' votes, 
you know, they might not do it being doing it directly like state to state because each one has electoral votes, but the people in the state should be freaking out. Like, uh, even in Maricopa County, you know, the, the ballot boxes they've been counting, several examples of the count on posted on the box it's supposed to be 200. They're not, that's not how many is in the box, right? And there's no tamper-proof locks on the boxes. Um, some, one of them, I think it had 164. One of them had like 215. They're both labeled 200, yeah. right? Yeah. So whenever you're doing that, that means that they're counting, at least at this point, it, it appears that they're counting 200 votes when there's more yeah. or less than that many votes. So that means, by definition, that some people's votes are being thrown out canceled or not out. canceled out, canceled out yeah. or so, not counted. Yeah, we'll move on. I, I know yeah. it's like totally taboo, um, but there there's a great channel, if you guys haven't heard it, called... Uh, um, what are the odds with Richard Barris, the People's Pundit? Have mm -hmm. you listened to him? No. He follows uh, all these statistical anomalies that happened through the last election. Highly recommend. Um, he's a, a. We're not saying that it changes the outcome right. of the election. Though. No, no. They are anomalies. But I'll tell but you what. But people who say that they don't happen are yeah. just. It's just. It's just not true. Oh, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a lie. So, so, um, so anyway, just to wrap things up, you know, we just want to bring this stuff to people's attention. Um, right. You know, next week we're actually going to get more into the actual immigration issues or like the differences between, you know, what people should appreciate here in the United States and the difference, right. you know, for, for Natalia who, you know, grew up in the Soviet Union yeah. behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. You know, so we have an immigrant friend so, coming on next week yeah, to yeah. discuss her so, uh, personal yeah. Winding up this topic, you know, I just wanted to show you what we wanted to show you guys that there are actually other systems. Yeah, there's systems actually that, that were set in place. These ideas were set in place six decades ago to, you know, overrun the welfare system. And it's not just because we're mean people that we don't want people to have a good life. These things are going to affect yeah. the country overall. Yeah. It's not just because oh no, we just don't want you here. It's not just because we don't want you here. Well, I'll, not, I'll, I'll, not well, at all. Everyone yeah. should be concerned about it because it affects every single. Well, you know, but the, the thing the thing about it is, you know, I don't want these people that are that are coming up here to be used as pawns in a political game. Right. You know, these these people are human beings, man. You know, they have souls, they have families, they have brothers, they have sisters. You know, I mean, they're actually your people, and you know that they shouldn't be used this way. Now, going on to the next subject that we're actually uh, going to talk about today, we're going to talk about the other side of the border and what kind of uh, situations they actually have uh, going on. So, like I said, you know, we have systems on both sides of the border that are actually pushing this. They just have totally different goals. So, go ahead and let's uh, let's talk about this one right here. Sure. So, this one's titled "Border Crisis: Smugglers, Cartels Making Millions Off of Human Trafficking." So, uh, retired Tucson Border Patrol Chief Roy Villarreal told Fox News, "Human quote Human trafficking is a multi-billion-dollar industry." The data backs him up. The Sinaloa cartel is one of the criminal organizations that has profited the most off of human trafficking. A lot of these vulnerable populations use their life savings, says Villarreal. Some are essentially indentured servants, and they're working off this debt for a long period of time. In other cases, some of these migrants are asked to transport narcotics or some form of crime to work off a different part of their debt. Yeah, hold on one second. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm actually, there's a gentleman named Ed Calderon, uh, Ed Calderon, and uh, he is uh, kind of like a specialist on, um, like, narco-terrorism and stuff like that. 
And you can actually look him up on YouTube, and he's on uh, certain channels and stuff like that. Just look up Ed Calderon. Anyway, he's talking about uh, when these people, they come to the border, they have these co different colored bracelets on. And some, like one bracelet will mean that uh, this person has paid already, okay? And then another color will mean that they're going to pay when they get across the border. Another color would mean like, hey, once they get across the border, they're going to go to work and pay us. You know, and some people wear bracelets that bad things, bad things happen to. So, so there's a system. Yeah, there's a system. Well, somewhere. yeah, the thing is, is they get paid either way. Or like for the people who are paying cash, they're, they're, they're making more money because they, the people, once they, they, all they have to do is give them the opportunity to get across yeah. the border. Yeah. So these people are paying these cartels. So they're making thousands of dollars yeah. per person. And it's more lucrative to them to do because... The odds are, once Border Patrol gets them, they're going to bring them into the country. So no matter what, for the most part, they're getting in. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot easier to transport a human who can move around stuff than drugs because, you know, people are looking for, they're looking for drugs. Yeah. Right? But, and also, too, whenever the Border Patrol is catching these people, they're spending their time trying to catch these normal people who just want a better life. Mm -hmm. They're spending their time doing that, and then they're also getting all their other drugs across the border. Because it's, you know, how many yeah. thousands of miles well, of border? Well, you know, Ed was talking about, like, uh, you know, almost half of the Border Patrol is actually having to take care of these people. This, this, yeah, these, you got 100 people in yeah, a group. Well, that takes several, these you know, big caravans, you know, they're actually having to do, mm -hmm. like, social work. A lot of children. Social work job, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So go ahead and read on. So, yeah. Now we have overcrowded Border Patrol facilities and tents. Weird the left and mainstream media dropped, quote, cages from their vocabulary. Hmm. Villarreal, good point, hmm. uh, and other Border Patrol officials warned President Biden his policies would cause problems at the border. Former ICE Chief Ken Cuccinelli said anyone could have predicted these problems. Biden is, and his officials blame President Donald Trump, but the Trump administration granted more asylum seeker applications and at a higher rate than Obama in his first or second term. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol provided this data from February. Yes, this applies to February 2021. So what do we have? So so to smuggle a family with These children. These are called peace, or pesos. Pesos is the, the fee. Okay, so. so Thanks, Dan Grichaw. <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, to smuggle children and family across, you've got. Yeah, four to five thousand dollars. A single, excuse me, adult, eight to nine thousand um, dollars. Mexican, five to six thousand dollars. February smuggling revenues. Central American children, thirty-four point one million. I mean, that it, just unbelievable. And then a lot of times they get recycled. They get when it, they get sent back. Yeah. Once they get on across, the, then they pair them with another family. So yeah, not only are they making. That's, you know, that's tens of millions, hundreds that's a of millions month. of dollars. That's, that's a month. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't even know what happens to these children. That's over $100 million a month. Incredible. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of incentive for that. And if we, oh, sorry. you know, we'd be <laughs> naive to think that a lot of those kickbacks don't go to, you know, people turning a blind eye and allowing it to happen oh, here well, yeah. in the United and, uh, States. Well, yeah, if you go, if you read down, it's, you know, the total, that's a grand total per month overall. Uh, is wait, we'll go back up. Daily, uh, daily average 14.6 yeah. million, so 411, 411 yeah. that's half a billion dollars. Yeah. That's that's got it. I mean, Cochise County, yeah. Arizona, Sheriff Mark Daniels said the sin 
Sinaloa cartel handles all the human trafficking in America. The Biden administration pulled the plug on border wall construction on day one. I wonder why. You look at that monetary, those monetary is it, is numbers. The wall, is the wall still up in D.C.? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. The wire. Yeah. Well, <laughs> then no one's getting through that That's thing. A, I don't think we'll Somebody, somebody um, showed where the IRS building, There are there's no personnel there, and um, there are, like, sandbags up for um, flooding. Hmm today huh. so that was like kind of interesting Interesting, yeah things are weird in dc mm-hmm. um so the biden administration pulled the plug on border wall construction on day one and cachise county arizona sheriff mark Daniels told justice with judge janine his policies have only incited more violence in our country we deal strictly with cartel trafficking he said the sinaloa cartel they control all human smuggling in this country they have control Kelly. on in this county, thank mm-hmm. you. They have control mm-hmm. on drug smuggling in the county, and we see it. It's a very violent situation when it comes to the cartels pushing people through. Host Janine Pirro visited the site in Arizona where border wall construction was halted. The sheriff said it took nearly one year to build infrastructure and roads in his area before wall materials could even be cemented in. It's a mess up here, he said. It is in disarray. Daniel stressed that Biden must get his act together in the name of national security. Uh, and again, <laughs> why would he, you know? Hmm. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're again, if we're if you're assuming that people are pushing a communist agenda, there's either there's twofold there's twofold benefits for them because they either one get a bunch of illegal registered or, re- or registered um, voters Possibly or two yes. They get people to overload the welfare system and collapse, <laughs> collapse the system, causing us to go into a socialist type society. Either, either one of those is it's a it's they're gonna win either way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Well, here I go. Uh, the bottom line, Mr. President, is you and I share one thing: the citizens of this country. He said, and these reckless and hasty plans and executive orders only serve one purpose: to open up our country for public safety disasters. We're in a global health pandemic, but we're being ignored on the southwest border, he continued. It's almost like we're not part of America anymore. What I'm seeing down here is total opposite of what the D- or what the CDC is recommending. Are we part of this country or not? So, yeah, that's another interesting thing. No CDC guidelines. Yeah, um, and in fact, I mean, there are like many, many cases where they allowed COVID-positive uh, individuals to hop on buses and move into the interior of this country when we're in alleged, you know, pandemic, pandemic and businesses pandemic. have been shut that's, down that's and destroyed. That's you know, makes no sense. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I want people to actually think about that. Makes mm-hmm. sense if you're trying so, to I mean, you know, well, think about it. You know, we have, you know, people, you know, they're still, you know, they took the mask mandate down here. But, man, we've had people's businesses shut down. Over 400,000 small businesses have shut down and will not be reopening mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, you know, not to mention all the businesses that did were able to stay open, but their businesses like killed. So, I mean, another aspect, I mean, you know, it's it's crazy. The rabbit holes I could go down on this. But so let's let's just stay on topic here. So we got, you know, people coming over the border during a pandemic who have been tested and tested COVID positive, which has caused our country to be shut down for almost a year and a half destroying people's lives the economy and everything else and they're just letting them go right through. yeah there's no regulation and they're letting them through so and then what? they get welfare 
you know. Well, well what is that? And, you know, to, to anybody listening well, who I mean, had a small, yeah. small business affected by this, you know, how, how does that feel? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I... Well, they'll pick this up to you not being, you being a careless person, or you don't care about people, and, like, what, you know, no, you, you mean, just have no heart for these, these people who want a better life. It's not that. It's not that. It's yeah. that they're... That's not the point. That's not the reason that it's happening. Well, no, that's an emotional argument meant to shut down conversation and critical thinking. You have to have borders. Nobody, right, nobody wants to be, you know, labeled right. insensitive and, or... And once again, and, and once again, these are, these are human beings, man. These are people, you know, that are being used to make money off of billions of dollars. In one way or another. Maybe not directly, but... Well, yeah, I mean, this is directly right well, here. Well, this I is, mean, this is, yeah, but I'm talking about previous, you know, the stuff we're talking here. about. Yeah, I mean, know. we're talking, yeah. I mean, this kind yeah. of money. Well, yeah, that yeah. gets compounded, and then yeah. whatever they get in the country, yeah. they're, they're also fund, it's and, funding and the policies. There's other policies. things that go on, man. It, Ed Calderon was actually talking about, he's like, Mexico is notorious for swallowing up people. And they are never seen again. Well, yeah, there's, you know, you know, tens of thousands of murders every year in Mexico. Well, I mean, last year, the most dangerous city to live in in the U.S. was in Mexico. You mean in, in the world? Yeah. Oh, excuse me, in the world, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Mexico you. would be super <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, yeah I'm mean, sorry. I'm sorry, guys. In the United States. But yeah, so a uh, uh, little tired, a little tired. Well, as it were, the most dangerous city in the United States is uh, what? That's oh. uh, Chicago. Well, I don't know. It's according to... Uh, yeah, I mean, Chicago, I, I you know, subjective. Chicago has a huge amount of illegal immigrants. Well, I mean, you know, that... I mean, it's according to all... You know, the third largest city in the United States? Is that right? Yeah. Chicago? Sure. Third or fourth? Third or fourth? Yeah, yep. I'm not sure. Um, but they have a huge number of illegal immigrants. I don't know. I don't know. Because you got that many people. I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? But, uh, so, so, anyway, I think that's, that's all the stuff we're talking about today. Yeah, and, you know, so the main thing is, guys, you know, about this, man, uh, love our immigrant population, man. I know quite a few of them. They're all hard workers. You know, they're, they're good people, you know. So, I mean, definitely pro, uh, pro-immigration, pro you know. So You also got to be strong and stand for your country. Well, you know, the, the, yeah. you know these, these people, <clears throat> the, the, the fact that we can actually have a person come from another country and be successful here gives me affirmation that the system we have set up here works for everyone okay absolutely it especially works. people well, they it, don't even have to be able to speak english well you know and that's what i'm saying the system that we have in place now that is being eroded and wants to be changed by people on the left they want to destroy it and we have people coming here from other countries with nothing and being huge having huge success stories and that is something to be proud of. And, you know, we're going to talk about it again, uh, you know, next week whenever we have Natalia on, because, you know, she came she came to this country with nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about my background, uh, you know, my dad being an immigrant. Yeah, but, um, yeah man. But the, and look at you, bro. You're, you're, the, you're the child of an immigrant, man, that has worked your way up and, and is still working and will be successful. I mean, I commend you yeah. on that. That's well, awesome. I appreciate it, bro. I don't speak Arabic or anything, unfortunately. Well, no, but, cool. you know, um, but anyway, you get yeah, <laughs> that's why I did get that. Uh, but so anyway, um, you know, if you guys, you know, what we talked about previously on other shows, if you guys would, you know, check the Johnson City website too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's those board 
those board positions, those volunteer board positions are still open right. for positions, you know, like on the housing and urban development, um, library board, you need to be making decisions with the commissioner. Right. Those are on the Johnson City uh, public website. You apply. It's free. You don't have to go. Th it's not much. You just send your application through. Um, and those positions are for years. So if you don't want people who, because I'm telling you, I'll tell you for sure that people who are very liberal are aware of these things and they mm -hmm. are actively pursuing these right. positions. Right. You so get, yeah, and you have to get engaged, man. I'm telling you, every time we get on here, I'll tell people, yeah, you got to get engaged. You can't just elect people and just not pay attention to what they're doing. You know. So, and once again, uh, I'll always end this, man. Love your neighbor, man. Take care of each other. You know, um, yeah. take care of people, man. Um, like I say, and get engaged in civics, man, because um, if you don't, I mean, there's a saying in this country, man, you get the government you deserve. Yeah, so, and, and also, you know, if people wake up too late, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's the thing. That's what I'm worried about. You know, um, you know, I see a lot of stuff, man. I'm going to board, uh, well, like, Johnson City meetings and stuff like that. And <clears throat> people are starting to wake up, though. Yeah, you know, and it's it's good, man. So uh, get to know people in uh, Tennessee Stand and Johnson City Freedom. You know, get get uh, get to know these groups. Go to some of these meetings, man. Get involved. Talk to everybody. Uh, the man. problem is, you know, people. That's why I always say the people here have have such a good American life for the most part that we don't want to mess with anything. We don't want to get. You know, step on people. So it's like, ah, I've got it good. Everyone here, yeah. like, for the most part, has it like that. And they're, like, enjoying their way of life. But if they think they, they can ride the coattails of the previous generation, you know, we didn't defeat the Nazis. You know, we did. We claim that as the United States. We didn't do that. That was another generation that did that. They sacrificed for that. Yeah. Well, and We haven't sacrificed that, anything. We are in the... Uh, frog in the boiling pot situation and a lot of us don't know it but that's why we're here doing this podcast right. yeah you know, so right. yeah people are gonna have to be able to take hits you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta put yourself out there if you're gonna get punched in the punch in the mouth that's so be it wear a mouthpiece wear a mouthpiece <laughs> and then punch back yeah but take care of each other people love your immigrants yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying and, uh, if, if you guys want to you know subscribe to us on youtube uh like us share yeah. us with your friends or check us out on spotify check me out on matt for congress dot vote running for uh the first tennessee's first congressional district mm -hmm. in 2012 uh for the republican primary um <laughs> what else? in 2022 actually 20 did i say 2022. It's been a long. It was day. a good year, though. Very yeah. long day. 2012 was yeah. 2012 was good. <laughs> yeah. No man. Um, no man. Thanks. Thanks again, everybody. Yep. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>